There is no solution without the technology. Welcome to Disrupt or Be Disrupted, a podcast from WP Brand Studio and Samsung that explores the business challenges and opportunities in the next mobile economy. I'm your host, John Henry, an entrepreneur and partner at Harlem Capital, an early stage venture firm. In this series, I'm speaking with business leaders who have firsthand experience transforming industries. Their goal is to revamp their business models, leverage new technology, and stay ahead of their competition. In other words, be the disruptor, not the disrupted. Hello, Explorer. Ira ready for service. Battery 94% glass attached, connected to Ira via Wi-Fi. Calling Ira agent. Today, we're on the ground in San Diego to visit a company that is not just disrupting an industry. In a sense, they're disrupting disability. Connecting to Agent Ashley. Starting video. Ira, spelled A-I-R-A, is a startup that deploys a range of technologies to enable visually impaired users, who they also refer to as explorers, navigate the world in real time with the help of remote sighted guides called agents. Wearing smart glasses, explorers can access agents at the touch of a button anytime to help them navigate through unfamiliar terrain, tackle new experiences, or even cross the street. Hi, thanks for calling Ira. This is Ashley. How can I help you? Hey, Ashley. Hi. Um, So I've never made popcorn before, so can you help me figure it out? Absolutely, not a problem. The seeds for the company were planted in 2014 when Suman Kanuganti, now the company's CEO, became friendly with a blind communications professional named Matt Brock. Suman was struck at how even simple tasks like starting up a PowerPoint could be daunting. This led him to begin thinking about how smart glass technology could be used to help the visually impaired become more mobile and independent. Ira has created an augmented reality dashboard that allows agents to see what the blind person sees in real time. So agents serving as visual interpreters help users accomplish a wide range of daily tasks and activities, from recognizing faces to literally traveling the world, or even making microwave popcorn for the first time. So the first thing that we'll probably need to do is take off that cellophane wrapper. And then there should be instructions on one side of the popcorn bag. Yeah, I'd like to microwave it. Perfect. Yeah, so the microwave is going to be behind you along the counter right there. Okay, got it. Right there. Okay. Wonderful. So it should be the top left. You'll feel a small square button that's going to be popcorn. And then once you press that, oh, perfect. Okay. okay. And then we'll automatically do a popcorn. It says stop when popping slows. All right. I'm going to release it. Yeah. That awesome. looks and sounds delicious. <laughs> it is yummy. <laughs> Perfect. There's everything we say from sort of the mundane to the magical that, you know, we don't always consider um, as a sighted-based society that is visual. And there's so much visual information. So I was really about providing instant access to that visual information through augmented reality. This is Amy Bernal, Ira's VP of Customer Experience. She's responsible for envisioning and responding to the multitude of potential use cases for Iris Explorers. What are some of the trickiest tasks that agents have had to help explorers with? 
I think public transportation navigation, if you are not an agent that uses public transportation in your own daily life, and it's 30 different types of public transportation systems that you may encounter on any given month as an agent. Explorers will call when they've purchased something online and they send you directions that are all picture-based, right? So for our agents, if you're describing how to put together a piece of furniture, that is one, an awesome feat that they are able to describe and get um, get that put together. But you can imagine um, that's a challenge to, one, understand for yourself what the next step is, and then to describe everything from the picture, from the relation, the explorers holding an object to the other object. It's not a small feat. What are some of the standout call-in that maybe is kind of made its way to the Hall of Fame here at Ira <laughs> of like an instance in which you guys felt especially proud of having help? So I'd say there's things that are very personal and emotional. Like we had a couple call in to read a pregnancy test, the results of a pregnancy test. And the agent was able to describe that. And obviously that's a very personal moment wow. and something that as an agent is really fun to be a part of and touching. Lots of great examples with parents. So um, confirming that your child you know, has completed the assignment and you don't have to take their word for it. <laughs> Instead of you know, believing your six-year-old, you get some outside confirmation. But also reading a bedtime story to your child. Railed books are not the entire collection of children's book stories. And so um, the ability to read along with your child every night going to bed is something that is super rewarding as an agent. We've had weddings described, funerals described. We've had people on vacation um, in Ireland go and find the Blarney Stone and <laughs> give it a kiss. I mean, that's a very fun thing to get to do remotely, right? Sort of um, one of the fun things that our agents have shared with us. Walk me through a few examples of what they might call in for and how exactly they go about calling in and so forth. So there's kind of two ways to use Ira, but it always starts with launching an app. Um, so you could launch your app just on your own smartphone and call an agent, and they're going to see through the back of your phone, so the camera on your phone. Those are things that our guests would do, meaning it's a guest experience. You are not an explorer. You're going to just launch the app and go grocery shopping with an agent. You will want to find specific items. You might want to browse an aisle, learn about the different price points, product offerings, brands. Um, you just want to take your time and enjoy grocery shopping versus what you would have to do before, which would be rely on a sighted assistant to go and you know find the specific items you were requesting. So how are the agents enabled to provide the service to the explorers? When I take your call as an agent, I am now kind of joining you virtually in your world. I'm seeing first-person point of view, 120-degree video stream. I'm seeing where you're located through a maps integration. I can pick satellite um, or a map interface image. Wow. I'm seeing, most cases, a map of the store through an integration with our access partners. And I'm also seeing information about your profile in terms of your preferences for information. So I know if you 
respond more to left-right versus um, maybe a clock face when describing directions or where something's located. I have the ability to access photos that you wanted shared um, with the agent. It could be, for example, finding a spouse or finding your suitcase at the airport. I have an image of that suitcase when we go find it um, on the baggage claim, for example. Wow. So it's really about joining someone where they are and then providing that visual information to accomplish a task. So my demo of the system in which I wore a blindfold to simulate the experience of relying 100% on an agent's voice was a true revelation. What struck me was the agent's training. It's clear to me that they're trained to have simple and specific descriptive language to help explorers understand things more quickly. Uh, Their ability to capture photos of whatever you're seeing, zoom in and investigate further was also helpful. Uh, But perhaps just as striking was the low latency video, meaning they saw what I was seeing in real time. And that made a huge difference. Okay, so can you walk me through how a blind person was going grocery shopping before becoming an explorer with Ira? So grocery shopping before, you, as an explorer, you'd either one, go with a sighted friend or family member, or two, you would go find a customer service counter at a grocery store manager or a store employee and say, you know, you needed some help finding specific items. Mm-hmm. Um, feedback that we've heard from explorers is if you're with a store employee, of course you feel a bit of a limitation in the amount of time that you're going to spend finding or browsing, right? So I know personally when I go to the grocery store, yes, I might have two or three items that I know I want to buy, but I enjoy looking for something new or comparing items. And that's where they say the after of calling an IRA agent, they can spend as much time with that agent as they want Got it. And so how is it that you come up with ideas for what you want to introduce to the service? It's really 100% based on our explorer's feedback. So it's a perfect feedback loop, meaning an explorer might say to an agent, oh, I really wish that we had an agent group that was professional engineers because I'm working on, you know, engineering classwork. So the idea of specialization for agents, Um, that kind of feedback or idea can come from the explorer and it can also come from the agent, right? We have agents that say, you know, I actually know French. I'm happy to help with French homework or reading uh, French labels. We have agents that are work in HR as part of their other job and they love resume review. They love helping an explorer prepare for an interview. So that specialization in almost a marketplace of skill set matching can come from our explorers. It can come from our agents. So as we've seen in this series so far, collaboration and customization are key aspects of adapting to the next mobile economy. The other cool thing about my job and challenge is imagine if I, as a sighted person, worked in another company where I felt like I was the customer. Um, It would be easy for me to use my own desire for the product to lead 
what I advocated for to the product team. But in this case, I know I am 100% not the customer or the explorer. And so if anything, we always involve, promote, and sort of respect the voice of our explorer base. If you think about uh, five years ago, this technology or the solution was not possible. This is Suman, the CEO. There is no solution without the technology, right? We are talking about wearable devices. We are talking about high bandwidth. AI was also not so mature five years ago. The concepts of augmented reality and the whole concept of bringing human in the loop while building the technology was also like people started talking about like how do we power humans for the autonomous cars. Those are the conversations that are happening now, right? Wow. So wait, so you were you built the company fundamentally on five things that five years ago didn't exist at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Earlier on, how did you get past those challenges of the fact that the essential fundamental building blocks for your company yeah. were either early on or maybe even not around at all? I think collaboration and doubling down on the partnership, I think, is really key. One of the key things that happened to this company is our partnerships with Samsung. On the technological side, high bandwidth networks for this particular use case, mm-hmm. right? The early on challenge that we had was bandwidth. Do we have enough bandwidth available today, five years ago, to make the solution work? Think about video streaming. If you think about live streaming of a game, you would want high quality video streaming. All the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. And you are willing to accept that 10 to 15 second latency, mm-hmm. right? In our case, it's a mission-critical information because we are navigating a person who is blind out there on the street. So we need to adapt to less than 100 millisecond latency, right? Wow. So we need to solve that problem. And to break that problem, you know, we, you know, obviously, technologically, we had to go prove it. But uh, some, of, some of this uh, access to high bandwidth was also helpful. This is mind-blowing to me because... That is a tall order. So you're going through your learnings of building this company and you realize that the mission critical thing at that point in time was bandwidth and it wasn't available generally. Yep. Collaboration is so critical to the company that you actually had to engage a, a ginormous corporate partner. Yep. And you successfully were able to carve out a specific use case where they prioritize Yep your users and grant you more bandwidth. That's right. So how do you choose what technology to implement when? Because it sounds to me like you've been very good at knowing what specific combination mm-hmm. of things to use when. Yeah. I think I think the key is to understand the industry norms and the patterns as well, right? For example, if our solution was fighting with uh, availability of bandwidth, it's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. But we know for the fact that bandwidth is going to be unlimited in the future, right? And 5G is coming. So we are riding the wave of the bandwidth. So we we are going in in tangent with Mm -hmm. what the technology trends are. Augmented reality. They're all making strides in creating those voice-only experiences without having to look at the screens, Mm -hmm. right? So for us to be adapting the concept of voice-first revolution, uh, should be no-brainer because for what it's worth, at least right now, our service is focusing on people who are blind. Mm-hmm. I think the key thing is looking at the industry trends and how the business, the technology that you are creating today 
that is serving your core market will uh, open up new opportunities into new verticals into new businesses and sort of think more can this technology or the base platform you created become ubiquitous enough mm-hmm. that is not just solving one problem but it is solving multiple problems and at the same time is it riding the wave of the technological advancements that in that that is happening around the world mm. now take ai you know one good example or simple example could be when our explorer walks to a restaurant we pull the menus automatically based on the individual personal preferences of that explorer right so it doesn't have to be just for uh, our people who, you know our customers who are blind or low vision but even for us normally how cool would it be to walk to a restaurant and then i already know what i'm going to order right so that kind of intelligence is now made available for our agents and in turn to our explorers uh, so in the long run that piece of critical information can be delivered to the explorer directly but for the fact that we have human in the loop we are able to manage and train these systems much better than anybody else if ira had no barriers and you guys could continue doing what you're doing forecast in 10 years what does the product look like at that point with augmented reality where will it be then i think ira could be for every person so today you know we serve individuals who are blind or low vision um but i can imagine us serving um seniors i can imagine us serving enterprise applications of mm, i want to connect with someone to get really specific technical advice and i'm able to do that in a moment and connect with the right person and i don't have to describe for them because they're with me virtually and they're in they're immersed in my world um so at your job in a professional setting um for older adults who um want that kind of personal touch to do x y and z that maybe today they call um you know a son or daughter or grandchild to help them with um and then i think even just sort of you know like me for example i have used ira when i was traveling and i really like couldn't figure something out on Google Maps. I've called an agent and asked for some help in finding the restaurant I was looking for. Or when I land at the airport, I can message an agent and have them call an Uber or Lyft for me. And I can multitask while they're doing that for me. So it's really about efficiency. And um, I, I think Ira will be able to provide that kind of across all people. So right now, you guys rely on keeping the human in the loop. That's part of your approach to AI. I'm curious about your thoughts on the future of artificial intelligence. In your view, what do humans do that technology can't? I think human will always be involved to create greater newer experiences. And it will probably take a long time, 5 to 6 years or even 10 years where a lot of tasks like individual tasks can be offloaded to Chloe our AI today we are providing experiences for the blind to um let's say mom calls in every night to read children's book for her 6 year old daughter 
right? Which which is kind of an emotional experience. So you may ask, what is that missing piece right there that AI is unable to do? One, you could argue that it may be human connection, but two, uh, we could argue that uh, the AI is not providing humanistic enough experience mm-hmm. for that mom to be able to use OCR techniques and present all the information that is needed for her to connect to her kid in a meaningful way, right? So the whole idea about human in the loop is we are gonna learn how we can create the best possible experiences without losing the human touch. So now we are providing those experiences and we are capturing the data and we are using our own data sets to offload those experiences to create a AI experience. So now Chloe is a little baby, right? <laughs> right. She is learning a lot. Now Chloe can do stuff such as reading, look at overhead signage at airports, uh, but she cannot create that experience that mom needs, right? right? So where I'm heading to with this one is, it's a matter of time, and, and this is the best thing about Ira, which is we are creating experiences today, we are learning, and we are feeding that to create experiences with Chloe or AI. You know, at the end of the day, I still want to go back to this idea of, you know, simplicity, usability, and having a human uh, touch to whole thing. It's not the technology, but unless and until you do that, you cannot create a technology that's gonna fulfill or solve a customer problem. Was your experience good or poor? Good, good, very good. I'm glad to hear that. Would you like to leave a comment? Thank you, Ashley. You said, thank you, Ashley. Would you like to change it or send it? Send, please. Send. Have a good day. So to be on the right side of the disrupt or be disrupted equation, I've learned that a great business idea, say Suman's conviction that they can make life better for the blind, or Dave from Big River Steel bringing AI to an old industry, requires investment in new technology and new business practices. You have to stay focused on the special sauce that differentiates you and be ready to build new bridges inside your company and with fellow collaborators and partners. Thanks for listening to Disrupt or Be Disrupted, a podcast from WP Brand Studio and Samsung. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Tune in for more stories from top business leaders at the front lines of innovation. I'm your host, John Henry, signing off.